0: This is Comic Shandigan's episode 589, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, June 20th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is episode 589. It's our comic reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, June 20th, recorded on Wednesday, June 20th. Every week we try to take a look at some of the comics that came out on the week before. So this will be going out probably on the I think the 25th or 26th. This will be going online. Um, so I actually got to read some comics when they actually came out for once, uh, only a handful, four, uh, but, that's uh, what I've kind of been doing averages these days, so this is actually, a, a ahead of schedule for me, um, Actually, by the time this uh, episode comes out, which I think is going to be the 26th, I'll be on my way back from Baltimore. Um, As people know, I'm from Canada. I live in Toronto, Ontario. Uh, But for the weekend, I'm doing a baseball road trip, which is what I usually do a couple times a year, one usually with my family, one with my brothers-in-law, so that's where I'll be. Um, So uh, we'll be in Washington and Baltimore from the 23rd to the 26th. So uh, this will be coming out while I'm gone. Um, That's why I did everything I could to make sure I read some comics early. So I'll be able to chat with them about them on this particular episode. Taking a look at some of the books that came out today on the 20th that I will not be talking about today. There's actually a lot. There's uh, Amazing Spider-Man, New Year Vows, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Aquaman, Avengers, and... Um Sins of the Batman, Sins of the Father, Batman the Dark Prince Charming, uh, Batwoman, Batman Raleigh, Scarlet Spider, Cable, Captain America, Champions, Daredevil, uh, Damage, uh, Hunt for Wolverine, The Claws of a Killer, Infinity Countdown, Black Widow, Infinity Countdown, Champions, Justice League, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man Annual, I'm really excited about reading that, Spider-Gwen, The Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, Man of Steel Number 4, Weapon Age, and X-Men Gold a lot um so what are the four books that i already had a chance to read well i'm glad you asked uh first off i read amazing spider-man 801 this is the last issue of spider-man by dan slott um it's much quieter uh and well better paced issue not sorry better paced is wrong but it's just a nice quieter more intimate issue uh than 800 was 800 was this big slam bang extravaganza this was a much more intimate story about how spider-man really kind of helps help save someone's life um and it's all about this man named Kenneth Kincaid Jr. And uh, the night that was supposed to be the worst night of his life. And it ended up being the one that changed his life. Um, and it's it's a really... Um you know, it, it, it's a really heartfelt story. It's all about how what the difference is that people make and uh, what Spider Man's been there, uh, what he does, and how every person he saves could be that one person that's an entire, you know, the whole world to that un- another person. And that whole idea that uh, every day Spider Man saves somebody's uncle. And that's actually a really beautiful sentiment uh, to be said, especially of a character where obviously that hits home because he didn't save his own uncle. And ever since then, he tries to save everyone. Um, you know, it kind of speaks to the whole, you know, nobody dies kind of business that uh, Dan Slott kind of pushed forward for the character for a while. And, uh, you know, it rings true. And I really liked even the cover here where, you know, you kind of have Spider-Man, it's almost like the people are living in his shadow, people he saved. It's really, it's really something. Um, Marcos Martin is definitely the best artist who could have done this. It's very heartfelt, but there's some great action as well. The artwork is just gorgeous, um, really nailing kind of the Ditko-esque um, version of the Spider-Man character, especially from his early days and then the more modern kind of take which is uh, not quite as Dicko-esque. Um this was this was tremendously enjoyable um, this was extremely well done I'm gonna give it a nine like this is this is the way I think everyone is gonna want to remember Dan's lot for the the quieter issues that he did uh, that weren't just kind of the big crazy plot things but the the really well done characterizations because they did numerous of them um, it's they're maybe not the ones you always remember and you know sometimes the giant plots are the things that you do end up Remembering like Superior Spider-Man, like Spider-Verse for better or for worse, uh, Spider Island, all this kind of stuff. But then you look at something like this, and this is so much more heartfelt, so much more character-driven, and plot is you know kind of the least concern. Um, and this kind of felt like you know he went out on a on a high note of t- you know telling a touching story. And I I actually much prefer that he went out with this than 800. Not that I didn't like 800, but I just felt like this was a more meaningful story and. Doesn't really maybe add anything. We've had these types of stories all over the years. One of my favorites is, I believe, Spider Man twenty six. I could be wrong on the numbering. It's by Paul Jenkins. It's all about you know kind of people going into a police precinct to talk to people about their their interactions with Spider Man, what they think of him, and there's some really great moments in that one. Um, You know, just showing the impact that Spider Man has on other people. This is much more kind of focused on uh, you know a specific person, but um, very heartfelt. And you could kind of feel the love that Slot has for the character. And Martin was just the, the absolute right choice for the art. It's so gorgeous, so I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Uh, not to be outdone, next issue we have is uh, Batman 49. Uh, so this is the Best Man finale by Tom King and Mikhail Yannin. This was... Uh, this was exceptional. This was it was different. I don't know if everyone's going to like it in terms of how the Joker acts and speaks and how he speaks with Catwoman and their interactions. But I personally really liked it. I thought it was really interesting, kind of seeing these two different characters, um, you know, kind of at a stalemate and uh, kind of discussing how they feel about Batman. Um, yeah, I don't know what it means for the character, um, but it, you know, I thought this was. This was phenomenal. Um, And the ending is kind of creepy, too, with the laugh. Um, But amazing work as much as i like the script because there's a lot of script here in terms of the characterization and the dialogue between joker and catwoman i think a lot of the praise for me has to go to Yanon because he really sells these moments this you know the quiet moments here like a lot of it's just talking heads but he nails it and there's just so much to this and uh so it really succeeds in multiple levels i'm actually going to give it a 9 out of 10 as well uh i just thought this was phenomenal uh, so that's the 9 out of 10 club for this week, because the next issue is not going to get that. Uh, We've got x uh, Sorry, X-Men. I don't know why I said X-Men. Batman Prelude to the Wedding, Red Hood versus Anarchy. This is part four of the overall Batman Prelude to the Wedding one-shots. Uh, the cover just says, uh, you know, you crossed the wrong party, jerk face, And it's just Red Hood and Anarchy wasn't a huge fan. Um, it's written by Tim Seeley, artwork by Javier Fernandez. Um, but Seeley did do a good job kind of nailing the voice of the character of Red Hood uh, and the way that he's been used in his own book and kind of seeing uh, his compatriots. I just wasn't super sold on... The, you know, I'm not a huge fan of this kind of current version of Anarchy. I didn't really buy a lot of the conversations between Anarchy and Red Hood. Um, so I wasn't. I wasn't really super sold on this. I didn't really super enjoy it either. Um, so I, I'm going to give this more like a 6. Uh, it was it was okay. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad issue. I just I found kind of disinterested. It was probably one of the weaker ones. I didn't really like the Batgirl and Riddler one either, and this kind of felt along the same lines. And last but definitely not least... We have the uh, Tony Stark Iron Man Legacy numbering six hundred one, or just issue number one. No, number one, Self Made Man Part One. Uh, this is by Dan Slott and Valerio Shidi I'm so glad that Shidi gets um, you know a big, uh, big launch book to kind of work on. I think that's really good because I love Shidi's artwork. the um, Elgato, I don't know if it was necessarily the right colors though. It was almost too bright and shiny. Um, I think Shidi sometimes really succeeds in a kind of darker palette. Um, actually, kind of like this. I mean, it was it was breezy. It was you know this is this is what Iron Man is now. This is how Tony's gonna operate now. Definitely trying to get the vibe of you know current movie Tony. Um, there are things with people who don't like Dan Slott's work are not gonna like this. And certain hallmarks are here, like the use of a song. Like it felt very much like something that we'd almost see. In his uh, Spider-Man run, uh, but I still enjoyed it. I mean, he's definitely trying to, you know, tackle and adapt the you know Robert Downey Jr. esque feeling of the character, and that's extremely hard. And I kind of miss the you know when the comic book version of the character wasn't that. But he had a bit more gravitas to it, and you could kind of buy him more as being more serious because they almost play him too jokey. And without Robert Downey Jr. kind of deftly weaving sincerity and that kind of ridiculousness of the Tony Stark character on the page, it doesn't. It seems to go a little bit too jokey, as opposed to kind of having more on that fine edge. I liked it. I thought the art was good. I think it was a nice breezy introduction to what Dan Slott's going to do on the character. I don't get the feeling this is his passion project in the same way that I'm really excited about Fantastic Four because it feels like like he's ready for that. I think he's going to do a great job in Fantastic Four. I think he'll do an okay Iron Man. I don't know, maybe if this was the greatest start, but I'm you know I'm in. You know, like it it sets up new status quo. Um, kind of brushes aside the, you know the, the last era and just kind of says that you know this is what Stark is now this is the company this is what he's working to do these are all the kind of the new things he has going towards the different you know attachments to the iron Man armor the... and I thought that was kind of a cool approach to just kind of dive head on headlong and say like let's let's ratchet up the technology a little and just have fun uh, so I'm giving it a 7 uh, I'm being too hard on it. Seven and a half. I still liked it. I think people, some people I've, I've started reading some reviews and stuff, but I think are a little hard on the book. It does have some of the pitfalls and some of the Dan Slott's writing, but it also some, has some of the good parts too. Um, so I think it was a, you know, easy breezy kind of introduction to the character and I'm excited to see where they go from here. So I'm going to give this a seven and a half out of 10. So thanks for joining for this episode. Uh, next week we'll... Uh, June twenty seventh. We'll be looking at um, you know books released on that day. That'll be our next reviews episode. Uh, looking at books that came out on the twenty seventh of June. So just kind of looking forward. Some of the highlights that week will include. Let's see. Uh, from DC, Bane Conquest Twelve of Twelve. Excited to see it. Uh, what the ending is like. Um, we got let's see, Dark Knight's Metal, The Resistance Trade Paperback, uh, Batgirl Twenty Four, Flash Forty Nine, Detective Comics Nine Eighty Three, Man of Steel Number Five of Six, Teen Titans uh, Special Number One, Terrifics Number Five. Uh, we got Mira Queen of Atlantis Number Five. Let's see, I believe there's Son of the Hedgehog number six. That's from IDW. Excited for that. A new trade paperback of Uncle Scrooge called uh, Tourist at the End of the Universe. Uh, From Image, there's Bloodstrike 23, Black Cloud number 10, uh, Saga number 53. Uh, Sex Criminals 25. Uh, Marvel has the Amazing Spider-Man family business is coming back as a trade paperback. We have the Ant Man and the Wasp trade paperback called Growing Pains. Uh, Vendors No Surrender hardcover for 50 bucks, which is actually a pretty good deal considering I think it's 16 issues, so that's pretty good. Um, what else we got? Fantastic Four Epic Collection trade paperback. It's the new Fantastic Four. Uh, we've got Hunt for Wolverine, Mystery, on, of Ma- Mystery in Madripoor number two, Marvel 2 and 1, number seven, Moon Knight 196, Mr. Marvel 31, new issues of Old Man Hawkeye and Old Man Logan, and Peter Parker's Spider Man, the trade paperback version of Secret Empire, uh, the launch of a new century book. Uh, Thor number two. Got some more True Believers books that I'm enjoying. The A Man and Hawkeye, Avengers Assemble, and A Man presents Iron Man Ghost Machine. Not really sure. I can't remember exactly what that is. Uh, Wakanda Forever, Amazing Spider Man, one of three, uh, and X Men Blue number thirty. So, a bunch of stuff coming out. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode. You can email me at comic at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Thanks again. We'll catch you next time. Bye bye.